We're back, just like I said we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth shopping knowledge with a more casual perspective. That music you just heard was Write It Like You Mean It by Christian Leo. I am Chad Smith, editor at thebluetestament.com, who will take you in-depth. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the eighth wonder of the world, Sheena Smith, who gives that more casual perspective. Hey, Chad. That's Andre the Giant's nickname. Do you remember Andre the Giant? Yeah, wasn't he in The Princess Bride? Yeah, I believe so. That is correct. Of course, that's your reference to him. All right. Well, we real quick, got to get the plugs out of the way. Be sure to follow For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at For the Glory KC, or you can email us forthegloryKC at gmail.com. Also, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at PlayFor90. And Sheena doesn't tweet about soccer, so we're not giving out her Twitter account, although some of you have clearly found her, which I think is kind of funny. Anyways, uh, be sure to go give us a five-star rating and review, which actually brings us to a very important point to kick out this podcast. Hopefully you found us. We've moved podcast networks. We're on another network, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. There's a, there's a reason for it, but be sure to like and subscribe. Hopefully you've subscribed to this and you're getting it, and then we're going to need those reviews because we have literally zero reviews. We're on a new platform. Go to iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, write that five-star rating and review. On today's show, we have a surprise player being waived from Sporting Kansas City. Eh, maybe not too much of a surprise. Uh, another Sporting Kansas City rumored signing. SKC played their first preseason game, and they also made a trade. Man, Sporting, so busy. Got some Major League Soccer MLS Cup odds, uh, as well as the League's Cup opponents have been announced, and the KC current made a big move today bringing back a player we're recording on tuesday you're probably not hearing this till thursday or later but that's where we're at right now but sheena oh the what i gotta start with is why did we move podcast networks and the bad sad thing is that sb nation last week who are the owners of the blue testament sb nation's owned by vox they cut seven percent of their workforce and apparently a part of those cuts were the blue testament.com we are going to go to being unsupported meaning they're not going to give us the pennies they used to give us per article i'll just be straight up about it i have made a whopping 50 dollars a month writing for the blue testament i do it because i love it not because it pays literally anything it probably cost me more money and driving to the stadium and doing interviews and time and microphones for podcasts and things like that. So that money is going to evaporate at the end of February. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what the Blue Testament is going to be, if we're going to own the domain and take it over from SB Nation, what that looks like. But I just know that it kind of hit as a shock last week. How did you process the news? I know you're not a you're an unpaid contributor. You so see you made uh, $50 less per month than I did. But uh, yes. how did you process that news? Yeah, I mean, I think that I kind of turned to what you were feeling. And I feel like your world was rocked upside down on Friday with the news. Um, you seemed pretty down. And I was d disappointed. I am disappointed because the Blue Testament community seems like a close knit community. I'm newer to the community. I wrote, I think, two articles. And I've sprinkled in some comments throughout some of the articles. And you know, everyone has been so sweet in the comments to me. So I really appreciate it. As we discuss, like, I'm not hardcore, and I'm definitely more of a casual fan. So I was hesitant to join the Blue Testament community. Because honestly, as a casual fan, I've never commented on soccer related stuff. I've never listened to a podcast, which you didn't plug the fact I'm going to be talking about that experience later with me listening to podcasts. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that didn't make it into the rundown. <laughs> so. 
I know nobody's probably going to care, but whatever. But, you know, I was hesitant to, to comment because I thought people might be annoyed with an amateur like myself giving a kind of basic thought. So I think it's, it's unfortunate and it's going to change the community, but hopefully it'll be a positive change and it'll be for the better. Yeah, I'm hoping that better things come out of this and we grow it into something else. So for now, the, the short version is still go to the bluetestament.com. We are still writing there. Worst case, uh, we're probably writing there for free <laughs> after the end of February, but we're going to try to figure something out. But don't worry, myself and basically everybody else that I've talked to over over there is going to keep doing soccer coverage. It's not like we were doing it for that big money anyways, but I just want you to know we're not going anywhere. And I back up what Sheena said. The Blue Testament community is awesome and we're going to find a place. I've, I've actually been really feeling pretty good about the way people reacted, people reaching out to me on Twitter. Sheena, you ready to get to the rest of the show? Yes, I am. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. All right. So I said there was a waiver and that was like kind of a surprise, but kind of not a surprise. So Sporting Kansas City announced earlier in the week that they waived Uri Roselle. Uh, so he played last season. He played 20 games for the team, which I was kind of surprised he played in as many games as he did. Yeah. He started so many, but he hadn't started a game since like the middle of the summer. So he he lost his starting job. Remy Voltaire kind of moved back there and take that from him, took that from him. I was looking at the depth chart and I have either Remy or Nemanja Radoya, the new signings, uh, pushed above Uri on the depth chart. So at best, I was thinking he was third. And then last week, the team announced that signing of Danny Flores, who was a midfielder from Virginia Tech, who didn't go through the MLS draft, but he might play the same spot too. He did play the same spot in the preseason game, which we'll talk about in a sec. So then I was thinking, man, is Uri fourth on the depth chart? Because he made $475,000 last year. And like, if you're fourth on the depth chart, you're probably not playing. So personally, I think this is a a good move. I think you need that roster space that he's taking up. You need that salary budget that he's taken up. It's always kind of sad because again, he seems like a really good guy. The team seems to really like him. What was sad is he was in all these like photos and things from preseason and then all of a sudden he's gone. So what did you oh. think about Uri? Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I'm not surprised mainly because we had several conversations about the midfield being crowded and I think we knew it was a matter of time before somebody was going to get cut or traded. I think the only thing we were on clear of of is who it was going to be. And to me, this makes sense. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not sure he was worth the $475,000, especially if he only played 20 games. Would you say that's fair? I think that's very fair because I think it's not even just the amount he played, but he didn't play very well. Like he was so good the first time that he was here, but the league has changed and grown so much. It's almost 10 years ago now. He left in the summer of 2014. So like nine seasons ago, nine, eight and a half seasons ago, something like that and the league is just so much better either he's fallen behind it or he declined or obviously the league has gotten better at the same time so I th- and, it he's makes 10 sense. Years, and he's 10 years older from the last time he was on the team so that he, makes a difference too he was very young when he was here the first uh, time to be fair okay. and he did get sold to um, sporting club Portugal which is like people whenever people say sporting Kansas City they sometimes think they're talking about sporting because the, the word sporting just as if you say it as a team name people don't think KC in most of the world, they think CP Portugal. So, uh, okay. Yeah. The last thought I had is, you know, I hope with him getting waived, this means we're finally getting a center back because I'm still perplexed by this 
situation of nobody being signed. And my last question for you is, do we know if he's signed with another team yet or what he is up to? As of right now, he has not signed with anybody else. It was just a, you know, a few days ago that he was released. So this would give him a chance, I would think, earlier in preseason to maybe latch on at another MLS club. I, I'm not 100% certain how the whole money situation with Uri is going to play out because basically, to you know, MLS, as we mentioned, I feel like every podcast has really complicated roster rules. I'm going to mention a few more of them later on in the pod. But one of the rules that they have is that you can do a one-time buyout every offseason where you can basically pay a player's salary for them to go away. And I wasn't able to get on the conference call with Peter Vermees because it was done at a time that didn't align with my regular job. Like it wasn't in my lunch shift basically is what it needs to be. And because of that, no, no one really directly got an answer from Vermees. I think they asked, but he kind of didn't really say if they use their one-time buyout on him. So it's possible they did. It's possible he got all his money for this year, but it clears that budget space for sporting, which they would need to have the money to sign another player and opens up the roster spot, uh, which would have been opened either way if you get him off the team to be able to sign another player like that potential center back that you mentioned. So I don't know where he's at. I'll be interested to see if he lands on another MLS club, because remember, he played for Orlando City before he came over back to Sporting KC. Uh, He spent some time overseas, obviously, after Sporting sold him, traded him. Uh, Sold him, I guess, would be the terminology. Trading is such an American term. You transfer (laughs) players and the rest of the world. So if he ends up on a USL championship team, I think that'll be interesting, too. Does he have to drop a division to find minutes? Because is he is he good enough to be an MLS anymore? I'm not sure. He could probably be somebody's backup, but I don't think he's going to be starting anywhere. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the future. And we will surely update you if he finds a new spot. So I think this is a good transition. You said, hey, is Sporting going to finally sign a center back? And I just keep having these thoughts that does, does Peter think that the three center backs is enough that the Radoya can drop back and play center back or like Ben Sweat can play center back or something. I, I don't know. Or maybe they're going to sign one of these kids, but there's a new center back rumor. There's a guy, his name is Pharaoh. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. F-E-R-R-O. Uh, no first name, I guess, or maybe that's his first name. And he's like Madonna and he doesn't have a last name. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but he is Portuguese. Speaking of Portugal, uh, he came from the super club Benfica. They're a very big team in Portugal. One of the biggest too, I would say. Uh, he spent time at Benfica. He came up in their youth system and he'd been out on loan several times. He went out to Valencia, which is in Spain. I'm not even going to try to say this other team. H-A-J-D-U-K. And then his most recent stop had been at Vitesse, which is a, a Dutch club in the Netherlands. Um, they're in the, oh, I never say this right either. Eredivisie, the uh, top division of the Netherlands. She shrugs her shoulders. Yeah, who knows? Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, which is always a possibility, I always like to say that my expertise is only in Kansas City soccer. Maybe it stretches out to MLS, NWSL, things like that, but I do not pay attention to soccer in the rest of the world for the most part. I watch the USMNT, the USWNT, and then Kansas City teams, the end. So let me give you a little bit more about Pharaoh, our new Madonna share center back target, maybe, rumors, we don't know. Uh, he's 25 years old, so he's in that age window that I think Sheena was looking for in a signing last a few podcasts ago. Uh, he's right foot 
left-footed, which we probably make too big of a deal of this, that the team already has two left-footed center backs and be nice to have somebody that's right-footed. Plenty of teams have just right-footed guys and they get by. Uh, he is under contract through the summer of 2024, uh, but he'd been on loan, like I said, at the test, and then he's going to head back to Benfica. And it sounds like, though, from these translated Dutch articles that, uh, that he's getting released. So he might be able to just come over on a free transfer. So he was linked to both Sporting Kansas City and, again, I'm going to butcher the French team, Montpellier, Pelé, Pelé. But I should have just stopped while I was behind. <laughs> so what do you think, Sheena? What you, Pharaoh, thoughts? Yeah, so I do like the age of him. 25 feels like an appropriate age for you know, a center back. Can I, can I interrupt you? The way you said that, I feel like if I said the same thing about a woman player, <laughs> like, oh, I do like the age of her. <laughs> like, I know. Like, it like, does sound creepy. <laughs> a little bit. Okay, continue. Okay. Well, I didn't mean it in a creepy way, but yeah, I mean, I think the last few rumors, they were 29 to 30 plus, and those are young in the scheme of life, but in soccer, I want somebody a little bit younger. So he has that going for him. I it sounds maybe a little promising if he's getting released from the team not to say that he'd be coming here but it, it seems likely he would sign somewhere and I'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah this is what I always find interesting about soccer versus like all the other sports that we follow here in America right if you get a player in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball NHL you're gonna kind of know who they are right you can look them up and get some details but soccer like it's played literally every Everywhere. So every time Sporting signs a player, I'm like, I've never heard of this person, but I'm super excited. And I trust in the scouting department. I trust in Peter Vermees and his coaching staff. And I think that they've been hitting a lot more than they've been missing lately. They've missed a little bit on like some free agent signings. Like Uri was only signed last year and he's already gone. But I think there's credit to be given when you move on from a mistake. Sorry, Uri. Oh, it sounds so mean. You move yeah, on from it does. a mistake. Um, but I think there shouldn't be some credit given to that. Like, okay, hey, we there's not a place for him. He's not got a spot on the field. We're going to move on to get someone that may have a fit. And you just never know until they get here to a certain extent. You probably remember Jose Mauri, who played for like half a second last year and played for, uh, came in the summer of the 2021. And then, oh, we thought, oh, maybe he's going to be the defensive midfielder for the next however many years. And then he's gone because it just, you know, he wasn't a culture fit. He wasn't a structural fit on the field, you know, whatever the case may be. So hopefully Pharaoh is that and we'll learn more about him or whomever sporting hopefully eventually sign as their fourth and maybe eventually an, another center back, a fifth, like a depth guy. So yeah, any other I thoughts hope, on him? Yeah, I just hope they sign somebody. And this seems like a promising person. If the rumor is true, I would be excited for him. Yeah, I feel like this is what we say every week. They need to sign a center back. So we're going to let it go. We've yeah. made our thoughts clear. They cannot play this season with three center backs, especially when two of them, Fontes and Ford, have had significant injury histories. They, they seem to be healthy lately. They haven't really missed a lot of time in the last few seasons for injury, but I don't want to take that chance of only rolling out three center backs and then a hodgepodge of who knows what if one or two injuries come along because injuries are absolutely going to happen. All right, let's talk preseason. Sporting Kansas City opened their preseason this past weekend. They played the Portland Timbers. 
Uh, they played, they called it two 30 minute games. Basically, it was like two completely different lineups. Uh, Portland called it two halves of the same game. I don't know. It's semantics. Uh, the first lineup went out there and it was zero to zero. That lineup was mostly really young guys. The only people that were in that lineup that looked like potential starters are Courtney Ford, who Sheena probably wants to throw shade at, but I'm going to keep talking. And Tim Melia, uh, maybe Felipe Hernandez could potentially be a starter. He was, he was in that lineup as well, but then mostly really young guys or guys that were on trial. Then the second lineup was more of the starters, but definitely still had a mix of guys that are very unlikely to start. You have Chris Rindoff, who's a second round draft pick. Who knows if he'll get signed. You had Danny Flores, who just got signed playing defensive midfielder. What I want to mention is because the, the results, whatever, one, nothing had happened. The Portland put out a highlight of the goal and it was a bicycle kick. It was actually a pretty slick little goal. It sounded like from what very, very limited information we got is that sporting really dominated that second game when they had the better players on the field. And then the Portland had kind of played a good mix of their starters in both games. So I'm not putting a whole lot of weight on it. It doesn't mean anything. It's preseason, whatever. But there were some players missing from the game. And I thought that was maybe the more intriguing thing. So by my count, Graham Zussi, Eric Tommy, Nemanja Rodoya, remember he's our new defensive midfielder, Tim Leibold, I don't know if Leibold's even in the country yet from what I was seeing online, Logan Ndembe, Kyrie Shelton, and of course, Alan Pluto and Gotti Kendo, who are working their way back from season-ending injuries last year. They all missed the game, and we got a quote from Peter Vermees. Uh, the team was nice enough to like interview him and put out some media, even though this game was closed door and nobody got to really watch it. Uh, he, he said, quote, the group of guys that didn't play, just they all have have some little nagging things that we don't want them to turn into something. They're actually trained pretty well. They've actually trained pretty well. We're just going to make sure we look after them and not turn things that can be over in a couple of days into something more long-term. I have talked for a long time, Sheena. <laughs> Get in here preseason. Yeah. So I I had a couple thoughts. The one thing is the list, kind of like what you were saying, the interesting, the more interesting aspect of the preseason game is the people who weren't on on the field. And I'm trying not to put too much thought into the list of names, but a lot of those are starters or starters down the road, maybe. My initial thought was that Tim Liebold, Liebold? How? Liebold. Liebold, okay. Um, I was wondering if he was still injured, but it could just be he's not in the country yet. So. Yeah, that's what I think. From what I saw on social media, it looked like he was trying to get his transfer certificate visa, okay. whatever. I don't, I won't pretend I know how all that all works. Yeah, because my other thought is maybe he was there and he was, he probably just got there. So maybe he was adjusting to the time zones or the time difference and watching the team to understand the system. Like, I don't know if that's what newer players do who aren't familiar with the team. Like, that also felt appropriate to me if that's why he wasn't playing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players who have a little nagging something or another on that list. But I am excited that you said Tim Milia is back out there playing because I wasn't sure what what his status was. I haven't really been following like his progress. So it sounds like he's back to normal. Yeah, I think from what Vermees told us is that he probably could have played in the last game or two of last season, but Sporting were essentially eliminated from the playoffs, or they were eliminated with a couple games to go. So there was no point in rushing Tim back out there. One thing I didn't mention is that all three goalkeepers played, even though there was different lineups. It was Melia for 20 minutes, then Pools Camp came on for the last 10 minutes, quote unquote, of the first game in the first 10 minutes of the second game. Uh -huh. And then 
when uh, uh, Macintosh took over. Macintosh was in net when the goal was given up, but I don't really, from the weird cell phone video that Portland put out, you couldn't really tell what happened. There probably was a turnover or something that led the ball coming the other way because Portland seemed to have a, a numbers advantage coming down and it did get scored on Macintosh, but I don't I don't know that it was his fault. Again, crappy video, yeah. hard to tell. I mean, and it's a bicycle kick, so those are pretty impressive. So if there's a time to give up a, a goal, at least it's a cool kind of goal. Uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, you know, PTI that I always watch, pardon the interruption with Michael Wilbon yeah. and Tony Kornheiser. Michael Wilbon, he's always saying, oh, bicycle kicks, any any eight-year-old can do a bicycle kick and score a goal. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Michael, I cannot do a bicycle kick. Yeah. Although I'm not, I'm not a very good soccer player. So. Has there been any other updates since the game? If any of the players that sat out will be playing on Saturday, or are they going to be sitting out the whole preseason just out of caution? So no update. Um, we have not gotten to talk to Vermees since the game. The team, the team is very nice to do these little interviews behind closed doors. It's like one of their PR people or whoever's running the camera just asking Peter some questions and then he's answering. So no talk since that point. I would assume, hopefully, that if it's just minor things that they'll get them out there. But that same logic could say if there's even a lingering chance that something's going on that they hold them. The only thing I get a little worried about, and I try not to panic, it's preseason, it's early, it's whatever, is I feel like we've been told before, oh, it's just a minor, it's just a nothing. And then people end up being out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And maybe it's because they're re-aggravating. I don't know, but I'm always just like a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, there was one other thing I was going to say, and then I'm done talking about preseason. And it's less about preseason and more about Arizona. This is really beautiful weather this time of the year. And I've been following a lot of the players and seeing their pictures um, in the sun. And it makes me miss Arizona just a little bit. But I also wanted to say I had started publishing that Arizona series for those traveling. And then I stopped because of the news about the Blue Testament and the uncertainty of it. So if anyone is going to Arizona and you, I'm sure you weren't relying on my articles, but if you were and you need any tips or anything, let me know. I have everything written out. I just didn't want to publish it and then it go away in a couple weeks. Yeah, that, that is kind of my concern too. I'm still writing like normal for the Blue Testament just because I don't want like the coverage to stop. I want the team to still get the appropriate attention. I'm just interested. I, I care about it. Yeah. So, But at the same time, there is this like little bit of a concern, like does my stuff just get lost in the abyss? Because I reference back to stuff I wrote before because it's hard to memorize all this stuff, but you can go back and reference old articles to pull up things. There's this one from 2021 that I pull up all the time that has some numbers in it. It just helps me like instead of having to memorize all these random numbers, I can just reference them when I need to. So uh, one last thing on preseason, the Sporting Kansas City will be back in action this coming Saturday, the 28th. So depending on when you listen to this, it may or may not have already happened uh, if you're getting to the podcast late in the week. But they're going to be playing Grand Canyon University. So a little bit of a step down in competition from one of their two MLS opponents. They still have Real Salt Lake later on to Grand Canyon University, which is a perfect transition point because speaking of GCU, uh, Sean Joash, Joash, I who knows? <laughs> he's, he's a forward who played for Grand Canyon University the last couple of seasons. He has just joined Sporting Kansas City in preseason. He is a trialist. They announced it, kind of snuck it into a little roster update about academy goalkeepers, one going home and another one coming out to kind of fill his role. You just need extra keepers sometimes for some of the drills they run in case people are hurt and things. And uh, so we don't really know a ton about him, uh, but he's on trial with the team. And my gut tells me he's really on trial 
for SKC2. Is SKC2, are they out there for preseason also or no? So right now they are not. There are a couple players out there. Um, DD Traore, and I want to say somebody else. Oh, and then they just signed a player that was on trial with Sporting Kansas City, uh, Nassim uh, Makadesh. I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Nassim. I got a pronunciation guide when he got signed. So he got signed to SKC2, but he was on trial for Sporting. He was the player that uh, he's Algerian and Canadian, and he had recently played oh. uh, for Valor uh, FC in Canada, the Canadian Premier League. So he signed with SKC2. The reason I think that, uh, we're just going to call him Sean, that Sean is on trial really probably with SKCT and maybe just being a body as Polito works his way back to health, right? Because you don't have enough center forward folks, especially if Kyrie is dealing with something as well, um, is that he was a, eligible to be drafted in the Super Draft this year and through all three rounds, no one picked him. So I would think if he isn't getting drafted, he's probably not making the first team, but who knows? Maybe he's knocking it out. Maybe the door is open because Stephen Afrifro went back to college. Maybe he is the last roster spot. I doubt it. I think he is probably an SKC2 guy if he earns a job at all. Okay, cool. Any closing thoughts on preseason before we talk about a few other sporting Kansas City topics? No, I mean, the only other thing I have is I hope next season they let fans in. I know I say this every week, but I hope it's different next season for everyone so we can go and it's a good time. Yeah, I am 100% with you. I feel like it needs to be opened, but I don't I don't know what this looks like anymore. The, the world is changing. I, I'm hoping it's just, again, things with... FC Tucson, Phoenix Rising that are really holding it back more than sporting, not wanting to open it up because it just could be such a cool destination, such a cool experience. And then, I mean, it's really how you became a fan is preseason. So you never know who you're going to convert into such a hardcore fan that they become a <laughs> podcast co-host. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's the potentials for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with more For the Glory, Casey. And we are back. All right. So Sporting Kansas City, a little bit more news for them. Actually, I got a lot of more bullet points here for Sporting. They made a trade this week. Ooh, ah, ooh. Um, but it's a super MLSE style trade. Uh, they traded weird, fake, made up things. So they traded an international roster spot. Each team gets eight international roster spots per season. So apparently they're getting so many green cards, like we talked about last week, that they are not worried about international slots because they actually have nine internationals on their team right now and only seven slots because they just traded one away. So I'm guessing a whole bunch of green cards are coming through and we'll find that out before the game on the 25th of February. But they traded that to the Columbus crew in exchange for $190,000 in general allocation money. Sheena, what is general allocation money? I don't know. I thought they eliminated it. I sorry, I saw something or maybe the amounts went up. I, I'm assuming it's a general money you can use for players either locally or internationally. <laughs> um, you know, How you're wrong not, am I? You're not terribly far off base. I just asked you okay. because it's such a silly made up thing. Like we'll jokingly call these allocation monies Garber bucks. Like, oh, it's Don Garber making up the way people can spend money. So I want to give you all, because this is where the hardcore nerdy MLS person in me comes out, I'll give you all a little bit of an overview as to what general allocation money is. I'll give you the short 
shortest version I can. Basically, it is this like pool of money that each team gets. Each team gets in this season, it's 1.9 million per team that you can use to spend on your players, either to go sign new players or players that are already on your roster to lower their budget charge. So MLS doesn't have a salary cap. It has what's called a salary budget. The budget for 2023 is going to be $5.21 million, which feels pretty low when you find out like Alan Plato makes $2.2 million, Johnny Russell makes $2 million. Well, there goes almost all of your cap, but there's all these complicated things going on in the background. They don't count against the cap for the full amount and value of their salary because they're designated players. And there's all kinds of other mechanisms like that that exist. And I won't get too much into the weeds because it is too complicated. And I was actually writing a series on this for the Blue Testament. I had several written and I'm like, do I want to publish these or I want to hold these till wherever we go in the future? So we'll, we'll see what I do with that. We'll see how things play out. But basically, you can use that money to purchase down the set, like the salary charge against your budget. So you can sign more players. Um, the same thing exists in the NWSL. They just don't call it general. They just call it allocation money. But teams get $1.9 of it. We added a little bit to our pot. You can get more by doing trades, selling players abroad. There's different ways you can go about acquiring it. So little mls math going on in the background. Sporting didn't need that roster spot. The fact that it sold for 190000 screams to me that Peter Vermees was like, Columbus, go tell me how much you can get for another team and I'll beat it by 10000 you know, like I bet somebody else was like, you know, I'll give you 200 or they were offering to sell theirs for 200,000 in Columbus. And Peter's like, how about 190? And he just made that deal. So, uh, Sheena, how do you feel about the weird processes of MLS and all the complicated roster rules? Or do you just like your eyes glaze over and you fall asleep? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of the glazing of the eyes, but I don't understand why they have to make it so difficult. It seems like there could be an easier process, but I do remember from football things are complicated maybe not as complicated in football but there's some weird things in like the collective bargaining and and stuff in football yep and this is a, a product of the collective bargaining agreement as well so players want more gam and less of this other fake money called tam targeted allocation money it's all a mess but basically uh, without getting into a whole podcast about it they probably should just have some you know cap and just make that number way way higher and then not force teams to spend money in weird ways into these weird buckets but it is what it is the cba is agreed to through 2027 so keep coming to for the glory kc and i will try to make simple what is complicated things just know it's money you can use to buy down your player salaries and fit more players better players more expensive contracts into your roster so it's a good thing it's going to help the team they cleared 475,000 from uri and now they got a hundred another 190 for this move so that's really all on that though let's talk about gambling i don't know about you sheena i'm not a gambler uh I've been to Vegas quite a few times. I think every time with you, except for when I was a little bit of a younger lad before I knew when I was a teenager and okay. lad, like I'm English over here all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't really gamble. Um, I never, I don't like to lose. So I only gamble when I feel like I'm for sure going to win. But this jumped out at me every year. I kind of look to see like, who is the favorite to win MLS cup and who's being kind of overrated, underrated, etc. And this kind of hurt my heart a little bit because there's this website out there called oddschecker.com. Not that I encourage gambling. If you have problems, you should seek out help for gambling. There's all kinds of free resources out there for that. I am I don't like to throw my money away personally. But they had all kinds of different betting sites all 
allocated together in a big list. And Sporting Kansas City, the worst odds they were given, because they had some decent odds to pretty bad odds to win MLS Cup, they were given a plus 6,000. Are you familiar with these these money lines, Sheena? I'm not. I'm, ga- I'm now thinking the way I was interpreting it is incorrect, because I thought if you placed a bet for $100, you could win up to 6,000. That is 100% right. You nailed it. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so what they're saying is sporting are long shots to win MLS Cup. So if you bet a hundred bucks, you could win six grand if they win MLS Cup. To give you an idea, a few years ago, Leicester City in the Premier League, they were five thousand plus five thousand odds to win. I think I believe that's right. Uh maybe it was five thousand to one. Now I'm questioning myself. Dang it. Either way, they were long shots. So sporting is a long shot, is what they're saying. And I think that's that's kind of rude. If you bet ten bucks, <laughs> you could make six hundred dollars. Like that's how confident they are that sporting is not gonna win. Let me list some other teams here and some odds to give you a scale. The teams they rated the same as sporting in long shot Ness, yeah, that's a word. Um, the Colorado Rapids and Atlanta United, both at plus 6,000. Colorado, I can buy. They're never really a contender. They do have an MLS Cup under their belt. Atlanta's been kind of a mess over recent seasons, but I would never count them out. That feels odd. The worst team, according to this site, was the San Jose Earthquakes at plus 20,000. So a $100 bet would net you $20,000 yeah, if they won. And they have like, I think, a, I feel like a team that's like kind of coming along, but y- y- you never know. This is a league where if you get in the playoffs, anybody can really make a run and win. And they got a new coach in Luchi Gonzalez. I think they're going to be a better team. A few others that had worse odds without listing off all these odds, just the Chicago Fire, Houston Dynamo, Charlotte FC, Miami, and Vancouver, all less likely than sporting to win. Uh, I thought another one that was kind of crazy to me was Cincinnati. They were in that boat. Cincinnati made the playoffs last year pretty solid team. One website had them at plus 15,000. Well, another website had Toronto and Austin at plus 5,000. Toronto was terrible last year, but they spent a ton of money and they have a, some pretty good players that came in in the summer. And Austin was the second best team, almost won the whole Western Conference. How are they at plus 5,000? It all seems crazy to me. Uh, I was like, I don't bet, but I feel like I might place a bet. And it turns out it's uh, illegal to do sports betting in Missouri, so I couldn't place a bet. How do you feel about yeah. that, that I just saved you money? Because I was probably going to lose our money. Well, I was going to say, are we going to Kansas to bet on this? Because it's illegal in Kansas. So yeah, I don't know the rules. Do I have to be a resident of Kansas? I I don't don't want to encourage all this gambling, but I feel like, gosh, it plus 6,000, but it's online betting. I'd have to go somewhere local to bet in Kansas probably. And if I don't have a Kansas address, I probably can't do it online. So I don't know. I think you can I think you can do it, but I do know they are trying to pass legislation for online gambling in Missouri. So maybe next season. Maybe next uh, season. But we're going to have one MLS Cup in 2023, right? So then we're going to not get these kind of odds. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm not fully understanding this. This is just people guessing. Are they looking at statistics from like the previous season? So it's definitely not guessing to a certain extent, although I wouldn't be surprised to find out that their research on MLS odds are not as good as like other things because you'll see like I watch a lot of UFC and they have money lines on every fight and they're moving live during the fight and you know they're always trying to get this the whole world is gambling it's clearly like people are just losing money left and right because these companies are just advertising constantly to get more gamblers but I I just think that they're probably a little off versus like the NFL they seem to really get that stuff right and be pretty accurate Uh, let me give you an example here the MLS team with the best odds to win are LA 
LAFC, they're plus 500. So that means, you know, a hundred dollar bet just earns you 500 bucks, not a, not a ton of money because they are so good and expected to be in contention again, but that's still a pretty decent return. Then again, it's yeah. hard to win a single elimination playoff format. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole thing is interesting and there isn't, they don't have a lot of faith. I missed San Jose when I was looking at your stats. I didn't even see that one until you just said it. Cause my thought was like, man, they don't have a lot of faith in Cincinnati, but they really have even less faith in San Jose. But I totally understand how people get addicted to gambling because just the idea of putting in a hundred dollars and potentially getting 15 to 20,000 back. I mean, granted the likely is very slim and you're you're putting a lot of faith into a team that whoever these experts are don't have much confidence in. And so, I mean, like you said, Cincinnati wasn't a bad team. So I don't know. The whole thing seems a little appealing. Like I kind of want to put some money you, in. Because you're I kinda pulled wanna, in. Yeah, I totally am getting pulled in, but I, I don't know. Oh, I was definitely going to place like a $10 bet at 6,000 to one, but then I couldn't. I, I tried to register and it's like, oh. pick your state. And I couldn't register because you had to pick a state that, you know, I had to pick oh. where I lived is what it said so yeah maybe uh any you degenerate gamblers out there that know their way around the system let me know but not all sites had that bad of odds some of them were only plus two thousand for sporting so ten dollars to win two hundred is like less appealing to wait an entire year versus like ten thousand ten dollars to win six hundred Ooh, okay i can get behind yeah. that so all right well let's move on from our degenerate gambling segment in here uh, this is probably going to give us the most listeners ever like gambling because like there's always people reaching out to me on the blue testament trying to get to pay me to run their gambling promote like they'll write the story and put it on the site i'm like yeah we don't do that sorry what i've never so, heard of that yeah i get emailed all the time because my email is on the website so anyways let's move on one more bit of kansas city soccer news here well sporting kansas city i should be more specific the league's cup which we've talked about a few times over the last couple of weeks it's coming this summer from july 21st to august 19th mls season will shut down every team gets at least two games and now we know who those games will be against for Kansas City. Sporting KC will play FC Cincinnati for some reason, a long shot, even though they played quite well last year to win the whole thing. And Chivas, or sometimes referred to as Chivas Guadalajara, because you may remember, Sheena, I know you're a big uh, old school MLS fan here. Uh, yeah. Remember Chivas USA? No. Yeah. Okay. They were the the other <laughs> LA team before LAFC came along, uh, but they folded yeah. and then they were later replaced by LAFC. Gotcha. So yeah, Chivas, huge club. Obviously, you're very familiar with them because you're doing the yes. casual fan thing. One person you will be familiar with is Alan Polito, who played for Chivas, oh, and that's yeah. who Sporting bought Polito from. Was from Chivas. Okay. Yeah, I do know him. Yeah. So Chivas will be coming to Children's Mercy Park. The dates are not released yet on terms of when that game will be. Then Cincinnati is the higher seeded team because they finished better than Sporting last year. So they will host both Chivas and Sporting in their stadium. Again, everybody plays two games and then they're going to lay out the format for you know who advances out of this little three-team group into the single elimination tournament. So that should be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Sporting didn't draw your Colorados, Minnesotas, Dallas, Houston, the same teams yeah. they play all the time. I'd have been like maybe kind of okay if they got St. Louis, but St. St. Louis and them are probably in the same bucket of teams because sporting finished so bad and 
St. Louis was just an expansion team. So Cincy, they don't play them very often. I don't know that they've ever played in their new stadium. So that'll be kind of cool. And then the fact that they get to host, Sporting gets to host Chivas, because uh, none of the Mexican teams are playing at home. They're all just traveling for this entire tournament. So they'll be here in the United States, for, well, the United States or Canada, because there's obviously three MLS teams in Canada for this entire tournament. So I think that's kind of cool. It'll be kind of interesting. And I'm a lot more excited about the League's Cup this year than the old version of the League's Cup, which was just basically like useless games that seemingly meant nothing. Do you remember who Sporting played last year or how that went last year? Was that two? That was two seasons ago, two seasons ago in 2021. Was it Monterey? I don't know. Oh, you're thinking of the CONCACAF Champions League and they oh, got okay. slaughtered in that too. Yeah, but, that is uh, what I'm thinking. It was Lyon. Do you remember they lost 6 nothing? Or no, wait, was it 6 6 nothing? 6-1? It went badly. I, I don't know. It 6 to 1. It doesn't matter. Um, it was pointless games because it was just these like one-off games that didn't mean anything for a trophy that didn't mean anything. But this is like who's the best team in MLS? Who's the best team in Liga MX? And uh, Or it might just be a bunch of Liga MX teams playing at the end of the tournament. You never know how this whole thing's going to play out. But I think there's more pride on the line. Yeah. I'm more interested in it. I know some people are down on this and they're like kind of upset that it's interrupting the season and could cause injuries and things. But it might only be two games if it doesn't go well. And then you get a little bit of a break and a rest, which that might not be the worst thing for sporting either because they're usually getting pretty worn down by about that time in the summer. So either yeah. way, any, any other League's Cup thoughts, Sheena? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. We bought the sporting package where we get to go to one of those games. So I'm just hoping that the game doesn't happen when we're in New Zealand for the World Cup because that's during the same time frame. Oh, yeah, it is. I need to think about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll be so, selling our Chivas tickets if that's the case. Yeah, so that would be a bummer. Uh, and it's funny because initially based off of the previous topic of the MLS Cup odds. I Is it Cincinnati a new team? Like, I feel real dumb over here, but I do not remember this team at all. Like, <laughs> do we play them that infrequently, or are they just newer? Okay, off the top of my head, I want to say Sporting have played them only twice. So, you know, with Eastern Conference teams, you don't play them as much because there's yeah. so many teams in the league now. You just only get, like, a handful of games against the East. Like, think of Miami. Sporting's going to play Miami for the first time this year, and this is, I think, Miami's fourth season and they'll be the first time sporting has ever played them since he i'm guessing this is at least their fifth season off the top of my head okay the, re the reason i know that is because they won the wooden spoon are you familiar with the wooden spoon i'm not of course i'm so not the, the wooden spoon is not a i don't think it's a real trophy as far as i know but it's just like you had the worst record in the league, so you get the quote oh. wooden spoon. And they had the worst record in the league three seasons in a row. Oh, poor but team. Hey, they made the playoffs last year. They were pretty decent last year. Yeah. Uh, they are they have a bunch of young players that might end up getting sold and then they might go right back to being terrible. But I think they're gonna be better. They've got some pretty good executives in there. They got some like folks from the Philadelphia Union, which is a well run organization. So we'll see. Don't feel bad for Cincinnati, but you're not wrong to have not seen much of them. Um I can remember Jean Luc Abuzio scoring a goal against them in a weird game where Sporting played almost all their kids because they were prepping for a U.S. Open Cup like semifinal or final or something like that, and they rested everybody. I, of you're shaking you your head. Remember that? Why do you remember this weird <laughs> yeah. thing? Yeah. That's what, what, I do. what was our last vacation? Come on. Oh, gosh. Don't make me do this. I don't know. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And yet here you are remembering some random, obscure Jean-Luc Abuzio. Well, you know, cool. you know a vacation I do remember. We took a road trip to Minnesota last year and watched Minnesota United. Is that our last one? It might be. Okay. See, you don't even know off the top of your head. <laughs> 
I am defended. I know about all these vacations that are coming up. Hey, y'all, we're going to go see FC Dallas play in Dallas. Join us for the road run. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Last thoughts, Sporting Kansas City, before we put them in a rearview mirror and head over to the current. We can put them in the rearview mirror and whatever the rest of what you said. <laughs> I love how you can't even pay attention through my sentences. It makes me concerned that the audience might also not no, be paying attention through my sentences. I don't think so. I think it's just me. Okay, fair enough. You've learned to zone out my voice. That's fine. Yeah. We've known each other for uh, almost 18 years. It'll be 18 years in less than a month. All right. Oh my so gosh. actually, we've known each other for more than 18 years now, but our dating life will go back 18 years next month. All right. Too much information for everybody else. Sorry, y'all. Let's talk Kansas City Current. Not a lot happened for the current last week and since we've last spoken with you, but they did make a move. Uh, today, like I said, we're recording on a Tuesday. They signed Desiree Scott. They brought back free agent Desi. She was the captain of the team last year, so she signed a new contract. It's a one-year deal. I confirmed with the team that there are no option years, so this is a one-year deal. This kind of goes back to what I had speculated when I was with Cindy and we, Cindy Lara, we did that special Lara, sorry, I can't roll my R's. Sorry, Cindy. Uh, where we did that little special current segment where we talked about the roster build and how the team's looking and things like that. And we were both like, I'm not sure if Desi's coming back. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little worried. But I said, maybe she will come back because the Women's World Cup is this year. She plays on Canada. They had just won the the gold medal in the Olympics. You got to think she wants to go try to win the World Cup. So good news. She is back. Sheena, immediate thoughts, reactions. Desi. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't even think you know the story, Chad. But last season, I think it was the game where you played at halftime in the media game. Oh, and- that's a strong word you use there, played. <laughs> well, you quickly the ran field. out of energy. Yeah, you're on the field. <laughs> and after the game, I think you were doing press or something. And so our daughter and I waited in line to meet her. And the people in front of her were her last like set of fans she was meeting. And our daughter was devastated because she was so excited. So I am hopeful that we get to meet her this season and get a picture with her. So I'm happy she's coming back. Well, we're definitely going to get out to some current games. And we'll have to make sure that happens somehow. So I bet yeah. I bet we can work it out. I've seen some of those players hang out for a long time. after She the was there for a really long time. It felt like we were waiting forever. So I don't blame her for leaving. I'm not mad or anything. I, I feel like she was there at least for 45 minutes. I felt like you were gone forever. Uh, but when I'm ready to go, everything feels like forever. But Chad, can I share some stuff with you? Because... As yes, share away. One, yeah, one thing I'm trying to do as a co-host is just educate myself more so I don't sound like a complete idiot. So I learned a little bit about Desi Scott today before um, when I got off work. So did you know her nickname is The Destroyer? You probably I did know that, yeah. Yeah. Do you know why? I mean, she's a physical presence in the midfield. She's powerful. Okay, that's pretty much what I read as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so her background's pretty impressive. I'm just going to share some fun facts, some stats, whatever, just because I feel like this is a more, I take the more casual approach. So maybe there's other people who don't know as much about KC Current. They are a newer team. So I'm going to enlighten you guys and girls. So like I was saying, her career is impressive. You mentioned that Canada won the gold medal in the Olympics. She's also 
has a bronze medal from winning um, the 2012 and 2016 Olympics. She represented Canada national team in the under 16 and under 19. Here's maybe something you might not know since I feel like you know all the stats, but I don't feel like you know the personal life of a lot of these players. Is it about her little brother? Oh, dang it. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell everybody else though. So yeah, she's the legal guardian to her little brother and she had this video that I saw today on on her Facebook and it was something that NWSL did about I'm assuming it's different players who are considered game changers and she was talking about her foster brother and they were showing him that he goes to all the games and stuff and I got teary-eyed watching it because I'm an emotional wreck sometimes like those heartfelt stories really get me those get um, me as well and i, I don't i can't yeah. think of his name right now but i know he hangs around the team and he's around at practice yeah. and things like that because the other players will talk about like he's he's everybody's little brother you know yeah. so i always think it, that's kind of interesting yeah their relationship was cute but i did have a question for you okay well okay. one more fact i didn't realize she played for kansas city two different times so originally in 2013 and then get, again in 2016 And she was one of the players who was part of the um, Salt Lake team that came back to Kansas City. The Utah Royals, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you could even call it three different times. But my question for you is, in my research, um, a website gave the minimum and maximum salary for NWSL players. And I don't know when this article I was reading was published, but in the article, they said the minimum salary was 22000 a year and the maximum was 52500 Is that true? That can't be true. It definitely used to be true. Um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head because uh, the NWSL does not disclose their pay information in the same way as uh, MLS or other leagues around the world. I do know now that allocation money, as we were talking about earlier, exists in NWSL. And because of that, you can pay players a lot more and use allocation money to, to change the charge against the salary cap. The cap in the league is like 1.3 something million or something. It's not, it's not a ton of money, but then there's another, oh gosh, six or 700,000 in allocation money now. It just keeps going up every year. It's, it's been climbing fast. If you look at the history of NWSL versus MLS without me going on a long diatribe, basically the women's game is ahead of where the men's game was 10 years into their league existing. So I'm confident that things are getting better and players now can get like, a car paid for by their team and housing paid for by the team. So even though the salaries okay. are definitely still low in the grand scheme of things overall, like when you look at every single player and not just the stars, the things like housing and the car offsets and helps a little bit. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's always progress to be made. And hopefully, NWSL is heading in the right direction, in my opinion. Okay. Well, yeah, I just wanted to get clarification because I was like 22,000. Are you kidding me? Oh, at one point it was like 8,000 was the minimum. Oh my gosh, that's But but MLS was the same thing. Like there were guys that are like in the, like the US Soccer Hall of Fame that made like $11,000 a season to play soccer. It's just, it's changed a lot. It's growing, it's evolving. And I think the average salary was like, in MLS was up to like 400 grand or something crazy. So, but averages get skewed by the high numbers too. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, that was my fun facts about Desi Scott. Happy to have her back and yeah, maybe I'll highlight some more players down the road. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have a lot more to talk about with the current incoming weeks as the season gets closer, but they're in that kind of lull time right now before preseason. They're going to have preseason next month and we should have a lot more on them. We'll have to figure out where Desi fits into this very deep, 
and crowded midfield. But Sheena, I know that we've been talking about, I think we've made a point to mention it multiple times on this podcast because we we didn't say it on a bunch of other ones that I'm bringing the more hardcore perspective of <laughs> the Kansas City soccer following and you're the more casual perspective. And it's funny because we said it on the first episode that you and I recorded mm-hmm. together. And then I'm just, it's like we assumed, well, of course, everyone listens to every single episode, which is obviously nonsense. Obviously, like that's not yeah. going to happen. So I found it amusing. You were telling me this week that you were doing some research and you were saying, hey, I'm going to listen to all these other Kansas City and soccer related podcasts and kind of figure some stuff out. So what did you find out in your listening ways? Yeah. So over the past week, I listened to other soccer podcasts, um, some of the best out there to shows like ours who are trying to figure out the whole podcast world. And that's where I'd say we're at is we're, we're a work in progress. We're learning each week how to improve. And I think one thing that does make our podcast different than the other podcasts I listen to is that I don't think we're claiming to know everything about soccer. And I specifically know that I'm not claiming I don't know much about soccer in general. So I think I've told you this before that if I were to pitch this podcast to somebody, I'd say like Chad's knowledge is good for the hardcore fans because you are knowledgeable, but we're not going to get technical on this show because I just can't keep up and I don't find that interesting. I think that's fair, right? Yeah. And I think I just, I try to do quick little explainers of hard things because if I went into all the minutia on some of this, like, I mean, I might fall asleep saying the words. So like, <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to have to come along for that. I know that one thing that about listening to other podcasts that I found interesting because Sheena gave me a couple takes real quick on what she thought of some of these other pods. And I I'll was, get into that. I was uh, intrigued by which ones you like the most because to me, what some of them brought was like a more casual perspective. And I was like, oh, they're saying things I already know. But then, I was not thinking about, well, of course not everybody is consuming soccer all day, every day and like living and breathing soccer. So it's probably appealing to someone else. So I think that's like that maybe what you bring too as an appeal is like you have this like you can ask me questions that I'm like of course Sheena doesn't know that thing but that's that's fine that's okay not everybody has as much time to dedicate to soccer as as I somehow find in my schedule yeah well and I think we're a great podcast because there's great something let's for... not set the bar too high here okay we're, we're like okay. an okay okay podcast yeah we're an okay I may have just <laughs> oversold it with my like I like to say great in situations that aren't always great But yeah, I mean, I think there's something for everyone. So if you're hardcore, you can listen to it. But if you want to listen to it in the car with your significant other, who's a more casual fan, like I'm here for that perspective. So I think it's something people can bond over, hopefully. And I don't think we take ourselves too seriously, right? I, I don't take myself seriously. I don't know about you, but... To me, I'm, we started. I'm pretty amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right now. <laughs> I'm oh just my kidding. gosh. No, you went no, from great to amazing. I try to be uh, uh, <laughs> humble and show humility, but at the same time, sometimes I do act like I know more than I know. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think we take ourselves seriously. And I think this podcast started as a way for you to move your thoughts on paper to the vocal world, right? Yeah. I got to use these dulcet tones for sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm just here. I'm just here for a good time and to learn more about the players and the sport. So to my knowledge, from everything I listen to, there's not another soccer podcast with this format. And you listen to more soccer podcasts than me. So is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, at least if we're sticking to the Kansas City soccer market, I yeah. think that is that is accurate. Right? There's so many podcasts okay. out there that I haven't listened to and I couldn't speak to. While I was listening to other podcasts, and I, let me be clear, I only listen to Sporting Kansas City podcasts. So I, I didn't keep count of how many exactly I listened to. I'm going to say it was somewhere around 13 different podcasts. There was wow. one, Casey. Yeah, there was. And some of them, I didn't make it all the way through. I won't tell you which ones those were. I think... It, all of them were sporting Kansas City related. There was one comments one and then one Casey Current one I listened to. You know, I think my largest contribution to this podcast is happening behind the scenes with editing the show. And I think like you're the heart of the podcast and I'm just here for site commentary. So you're not doing it by yourself. I feel like my experience is behind the scenes and I used to do editing a lot in college. So it's been fun to get back into something that I haven't done in a really long time. I feel like if it's okay with you, Chad, I'd like to share my top three favorite podcasts that I listened to over the week. Is that good with you? Definitely. I just want to really quick before we do that, say, yeah, shout out to you on your editing and a little peek behind (laughs) the curtain for everybody, because I think sometimes we're like, does anybody want to hear how the sausage is made to use an expression that you probably hate since you're a vegetarian? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So kicking it off, number three, I went with the Sporting Kansas City show features the the Sporting Kansas City broadcasters, Nate Bukati and former sporting player, Jacob Peterson. And I feel really bad because there was a third guy talking and I... Connell McCourt. Okay. I and, didn't catch And sometimes Ali Trost-Martin would be the other co-host. She was just probably yeah, not on that episode. She wasn't. No. And so I was trying to listen to the, the most updated podcasts for each of these podcasts, but some of them are on a hiatus because of the season. So this is actually one of the ones where I think I listened to one that their very last one in November. Actually, it was when they interviewed Kyrie Shelton for Humanitarian of the Year. So my question for you, Chad, is because there's no official Sporting Kansas City broadcasters anymore, do we know if this podcast is coming back? Gosh, I sure hope so. I I really like that podcast. I think that every podcast kind of brings its own thing, but they have, I mean, they're polished. They're a radio show. They have all the right equipment. They have proper editors and things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, Nate works in radio. He's just good at that stuff. Yeah. Well, I hope they come back too. Okay. So number two on the list was Soccer Talks with Ali Trost Martin. And what I liked about her show was the in-depth interviews. I enjoyed her segment at the very end called Fill in the Blanks. And kudos to her for doing it alone. I know she's interviewing people, but like I said, I had a radio show in college and I found the whole thing incredibly awkward to be talking to myself. So that leads me to my favorite podcast. And Chad was kind of surprised by this, but my favorite podcast that I listened to was the podcast called One Sporting Way. Um, They've also been on a hiatus. So I think the episode I listened to was also recorded back in November or December. And I liked the casualness of the show, which I think is what you were saying. Like some people like that, some people don't. And as I was listening to them, I kept thinking like, could I be friends with these people? I enjoyed their banter and I agreed with a lot of what they said, which maybe wasn't too in-depth, but that's up my alley because if you get too technical, you lose me. I even looked them up on Instagram. Like I didn't tell you that, but I looked them up just to see what (laughs) they looked like, to see like how young are they? But they had an infectious 
energy about them. And if they do come back, I'm definitely going to subscribe to them. And the episode I listened to, they were watching the Graham Zussi Minsky's commercial and giving commentary, which I haven't seen the commercial, but I was dying about their commentary that they had about it. And honestly, when the podcast ended, I literally said out loud, oh, I like them was like (laughs) my final thing when it ended. One last thing is uh, the best theme song for every podcast. I gave it to Shades of Blue. Like I really liked their song so much so that when Cody started talking, like when the show got started, I was still rocking out to the song and I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. (laughs) Anybody else would say, hey, don't do a segment like this where you tout other things that are essentially competitors with us, right? They're trying to do the same thing we're trying to do and we're late to the game because they've all been at it longer than us. But I don't feel that way because we just got to lift each other up, right? Let's all let's all raise one another up. There's you might not be able to listen to us every week, but hopefully we win a a special place in your heart. Yeah, well, and going back to Shades of Blue, that was going to be kind of the next thing I talked about is they the episode I kicked uh, I listened to. Um, I think was the most recent one, or actually, I think they had one come out today. So this was the last week's episode. And they were discussing the growth in Kansas City podcast. And I think it like you, I think it's a positive thing. And I think after listening to 12 or 13, however many different podcasts I listen to, what I appreciate is that we each bring something different to the table, whether that's going in depth, having a panel of guests, doing one-on-one interviews, or casually talking like I'd say we do. And what I like in a podcast is I guarantee different than what you like. And I think you kind of touched on that. Like I like having that, that rapport, that banter, and not everyone likes that. Like some people just want to get to, to sporting and they don't care like what you have going on in life. You know, going back to the plethora of Sporting Kansas City podcast, I think back to when I was a diehard football fan and every Monday I searched the internet high and low for in-depth analysis of the game that I had just watched the previous day or I'd listen to talk radio because I don't think podcasts are really a thing. I, I've never been much of a podcaster um, until probably like the last year or so. But I did a Google search and I searched so that was how I figured out what podcast to listen to. So I just went into Google and I put in Sporting Kansas City podcast. And right now there's seven that show up on Google. And there's a little caveat with that. Um, like our podcast wasn't listed because I think we're still going since we just switched platforms. We're still going through the Google approval process. And then um, the Blue Testament has several shows in their network. So there's, you know, a little bit more than seven. But just to compare, the Chiefs had 41 podcast. Um, and that's probably more because it's probably the same thing where there's shows within a network. So I think, you know, we're not there. We're definitely not at Chief's growth with the podcast world. But I think there's value in all our podcasts. And we're all out here doing our thing, which is talking about the team or teams we all love. And it was a fun experience. And I think I'll do it again, like once the season gets started, because even though we were all at some points talking about maybe one or two of the same topics we all had different perspectives and we all covered it differently it's a fun experience and you know i think it it is good to promote the competition because everyone's doing something really well and if there's an interview that's really well like i i know you've referenced other podcasts to go listen to so we'll continue doing that 
All right. Well, we are going way long. So let's Sorry. get into our final segment, the digital crawl. Sorry. Um, I was told we should say it's the digital crawl, y'all. And a shout out to the very <laughs> first goal to Digital Taco Wild. So shout out to Thomas for sending us that link. So got just a few things. We'll make it quick. This is the segment where we buzz through a couple of topics really fast. First one, former sporting Kansas City midfielder Felipe Gutierrez. He's rumored to be having his contract terminated by his current club in Chile. He had just returned there from having been with the Colorado Rapids for the last half of the 2022 season. So we'll have to follow that and see where Felipe ends up. There was a point in time when I definitely would have wanted him back on Kansas City, but I do wonder how he's been doing since the injury. I haven't heard much out of him since he left Sporting KC. Uh, another piece of news, Sheena, you added this to the crawl. Why don't you say this one? Is it about the comments? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm probably going to screw his name up, but... That's why I'm having you say it. <laughs> Atkins Batten? Baton? Banton, maybe? Banton? Okay. Anyways, he signed with the case, or yeah, the Kansas City comments doesn't say the KC Current for a second. Uh, yeah, they, signed... I don't let men play on the Kansas City Current in the National Women's Soccer League, just to clarify. Yeah, thank you for that. So he signed <laughs> with the comments for a two-year contract. Um, I liked that his nickname was the big guy. He's 6'4", and he previously played at Columbia College. Um, And I had questions about this, Chad, so what I read from the comments website is that he uh, played under head coach and former comments player John Klein. Is John Klein the current coach, like the he one isn't... who gets out there and plays? No, he is not. Leo Gibson is the player coach oh, right for okay. the comments. That is, yeah, the indoor soccer role where the coaches can go out there and play is just so bizarre to me. But anyways, according to their website, in two seasons, he scored six goals in 21 games. So it sounds like that's going to be a great addition to the team. Potentially. There is a lot of goals in indoor soccer. I won't profess that I know much about it. So we'll see if that turns out to be a good signing or not. A couple more little bits. This we could probably talk forever about, but I'm just going to give you the blurb version. Uh, A report came out in the New York Times that Fox, the media network that had the World Cup, uh, bribed FIFA officials to get inside information for what was supposed to be, quote, a blind bid to win the World Cup, but they had inside info, so they knew how much to bid. That's behind the paywall over at the Times. Yeah, that's awful. I don't understand why there's so much corruption in soccer. It's really, I think it's disheartening to hear this. And there is the part of me that was like, well, it benefited me because I got to watch my favorite sports announcer, Stu Holden. But I don't agree with the shadiness of it all. Sheena and her crush on Stu Holden. Well, (laughs) one last piece of news in the crawl. I didn't want to start the show with this because it's like, I feel like it brings the mood down, but it it is sad and it's worth mentioning. But FC Charlotte, they have a player, Anton Walks, who unfortunately, such a young age, just in his mid-20s, passed away unexpectedly this past weekend. It's, It's always hard, no matter you know who it is. We had the Grant Wall news earlier during the World Cup. Now we have the Walks news. And young guy played for Atlanta, played for Charlotte. So connected. I saw so many heartfelt emotions coming out. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know him very well. You know, it's like it's hard to keep up. There's so many teams in the world and whatnot. I knew of him, and I know he came over from Europe before that, but. Just always crushing when you see someone at such a young age. And I believe it was a a boating accident, if I read the story right. It sounded like it was kind of a freak accident, like he got stuck between two boats or something. I didn't fully understand it, but just incredibly sad and and a fortunate accident. And I hate hearing stuff about this. And 
I saw those tributes and it seemed like he was a really good guy. So just the poor Charlotte team too, like especially because preseason has just started and stuff. It's just devastating. Yeah, I think he was at preseason when it happened in Florida. Yeah. So incredibly sad. Our our thoughts go out to Walks and his family and friends yeah. and you know anybody that knew him and was related to him or was affected by his passing there. So I got to stop doing this, but we're ending on a bit of a down note. We want you all to come back back and enjoy more for the glory casey remember we've moved to a new podcast network be sure to like and subscribe tell all your friends and i promise that they're not usually this long we're going to aim to keep them around an hour but sometimes man just a lot happens or there's a lot to talk about so hope you enjoy the podcast and we'll see you again next week take care everybody mm-hmm.